Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, 
It is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 113 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. This week, we'll be digging into trauma, what it is, how it's caused, and how you can manage it. But first, let's show some love to our sponsor. Support for today's episode comes from Naturalicious. Naturalicious is the world's first vegan, high-performance hair care line that delivers the results of 12 products in only three. It's designed to reduce time spent on hair care and is proven to save up to 80% of time on wash day. Naturalicious was founded by innovator Gwen Jameer, who is the first and only African-American woman to hold a patent on a natural hair care product. These products are great specifically for busy women with curly and coily hair, also known as 4C hair, and they are all natural. These products have become my go-to products, and I love the way they leave my hair detangled and moisturized, and they have definitely cut down significantly on my wash day process. So if you want to cut down on the amount of products you use and get some time back in your busy schedule, I definitely recommend you try them. You can find the Naturalicious products in over 1,200 Sally stores nationwide, or you can buy them online at sallybeauty.com. Use our exclusive promo code 555-555 at checkout to save 10% off your purchase. Now let's get back to our episode. For this conversation, I was joined by Shakisha Spencer. Shakisha is a licensed professional counselor in Georgia specializing in working with adult survivors of childhood trauma and those dealing with feelings of depression, anxiety, and being overwhelmed. With 18 years of experience in the mental health field, Chakisha has worked in several settings, including intensive residential, inpatient hospital, crisis centers, and private practice. She's facilitated several trainings and workshops and has been a guest lecturer and adjunct professor. Jakeisha is the owner of Grace Anthony Counseling, LLC, a private practice where she provides mental health and behavioral health services to residents of the Atlanta metro area. Jakeisha and I discussed how experiences can be traumatic, even when we don't think they are, some of the common symptoms of trauma, how working with a therapist can help manage trauma, and she shared her favorite resources. If you hear something while listening that really resonates with you, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Here's our conversation. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Shakisha. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited because, you know, I think we hear a lot about trauma these days. You know, it's kind of been in a lot of different places. And I think some people are confused, like, what does that even mean? Like, have I had a traumatic experience and I just don't even know it? Like, what is trauma? Like, does it mean I had to have a car accident? What are we talking about when we are describing things as trauma? Sure. A great question. So in the simplest term, trauma is defined as an experience that causes emotional distress, right? So a lot of us have experiences that cause that. The difference, I think, with different types of trauma is something that affects your life. You may have an intense emotional response to And so I like to break it down. A lot of clinicians also like to break it down in two different categories, big T trauma or little T trauma. 
And the easiest way to describe that is big T trauma is things that most of us recognize as something that was traumatic, right? Domestic violence, natural disasters, a car accident, death of a loved one, especially if it was a sudden death or if it was by means of suicide or murder, neglect. Some people don't recognize, but medical trauma is a thing as well, right? And that could be anything from you have a complex trauma related to multiple medical issues that you may have, or there may have been a surgery that didn't go well and you're continuously recovering experiencing terrorism, and of course, abuse, physical, sexual, mental, emotional, and a lot of people don't group this in there, but spiritual abuse as well. So those are all the big T trauma ways to identify big T trauma. The other is things that most of us don't think about as trauma. Losing your job is kind of a big deal. If you are an adult, you've been in your field for years, and all of a sudden you get fired, especially if you feel like that firing is unjust. That could be very traumatic. Moving from one job to the next job, moving, period, whether it's moving states or moving into a new house can be very traumatic as well. Recently, I lived in a house for 10 years and it's the only home that my children ever knew and I moved last year. And we had to think about how could this potentially affect any of us because this is the only space that we've known for such a long time. Anything from divorce, Definitely infidelity, sometimes legal issues, being charged with a crime that you didn't do or doing the crime but didn't want to get caught. (laughs) That can always be traumatic as well. Work stress, financial issues. And then other people don't necessarily think about vicarious trauma, which is not necessarily um, experiencing the trauma yourself, but either witnessing that trauma or being close to someone who's had a traumatic experience. Okay, Shahisha. So I'm wondering, is there... A distinction between when you would call something like a move or a layoff or something? Is there a distinction between when you would call that a trauma versus a stressor? Great question. I would say it depends on the circumstances. So let's say if it's a move, it's a stressor to move, period, right? Most of us, almost none of us like to move. We're very comfortable in our spaces. We create atmospheres where we can feel safe. But if the move was abrupt, or if the move came at an unexpected time, meaning I just lost my job and I also was told I'm being evicted at the same time, or because I've been out of work all this time and now I have to move, or I have to move from the only place I've ever known and move back in with my mom and the circumstances surrounding that are already traumatic. So those would be traumatic experiences related to moving. Got you. So it really is more about the context about what's going on as opposed to just whatever the thing is. Exactly. Again, using death as an example, we all cognitively recognize that death is going to happen. It happens to all of us. We realize we experience that. But there's a difference between somebody passing away that you're really close to and somebody being taken from you or snatched from you, circumstances beyond your control. Got it. Okay. So again, about the context. Right. Okay. How do we know something has actually been a trauma for us? So sometimes there can be symptoms such as anxiety, such as depression or sadness, shame and guilt. A lot of type of trauma responses manifest in nightmares. Sometimes it's physical too, but a lot of people don't realize that. It can be nausea, it can be dizziness, having trouble sleeping or eating, whether it's I'm having a hard time staying asleep and I keep waking up in the middle of the night or I just can't sleep at all. I'm eating too much or too little. Sometimes the symptoms to trauma are related to your GI issues, having an upset stomach 
course, abusing drugs or alcohol, but there are also trauma responses that we don't necessarily realize as possible trauma responses. And I can get into some of that as well. Yes, please. Some of the things that I've seen in my practice particularly has been things like being super busy. A lot of people have somebody who's always busy, that friend who's always on the go, that never sits down, is always up and moving. Sometimes that could be related to anxiety, but that anxiety may be related to fear, and the fear could be directly connected to past trauma. A lot of that sometimes is related to avoidance. I don't want to sit and have to deal with how I feel. I don't want to sit and think about things that have happened to me because if I sit down, that means I'm going to think about it. If I think about it, I have to feel it. If I feel it, I need to do something about it. And doing something about it is too painful because I don't want to face that. And so instead of that, I'd rather just stay as busy as possible. But sometimes being a busy bee can be a good thing, but sometimes it's a way of avoiding. Other ways that it manifests itself is people who seem to like have it all together. Everything seems perfect, right? But they sometimes have these masks that they have on and feel like nobody really sees or understands the struggles that I'm having up underneath all of this awesomeness that I'm showing to the world. But it shows up a little bit different, meaning everybody thinks that everything is great, but you are continuously in unhealthy relationships over and over and over again. And there's a pattern of that because you're afraid of abandonment or you're afraid of being alone. Giving so much of yourself that you neglect yourself and you're so busy focused on everybody else. A lot of people struggle with self-care. So those are some of the ways. Yeah, so I just want to stay here for a second, Jakeisha, because I think some of those things, so one, I'm really glad you shared that because I think most people would not recognize that as being in response to maybe a traumatic experience. But I think Mm -hmm. the other thing that is important to pay attention to related to that is then how you can then become rewarded for that behavior. So you're the person who's a busy bee. So people keep putting you on committees and they want you to do all of these things or, you know, that kind of thing. And so in some ways, it's almost reinforced for you not to take care of the traumatic experience because look at all of these accolades I've now gotten because this is the response that I developed. Absolutely. Very, very true. Sometimes we're so busy taking care of everybody else that the one person that we continue to say no to is us. And it seems to make sense, right? I'm doing all these accomplishments. I have all these great things going on. I have all of these accolades and all of this wonderful attention. And I'm meeting all of the professional and sometimes personal goals that I've set for myself. But I am a mess, right? So my health is failing in some ways. I've been carrying the same extra 50 pounds that I don't want to carry. My relationship with my kids or my husband or my mom or whomever isn't the way that I really want it to be. And I just keep piling things onto the plate because I am avoiding dealing with really tough stuff. And so all of that can be definitely related to trauma because most of us don't want to have to deal with painful experiences of our past. Yeah. And so what what makes us avoid that, Shakisha? Like, why, why are we so avoidant to want to kind of deal with these painful things that have happened to us? Yeah, I think there are a couple of reasons. One of the main ones, I think, is, again, because we like to feel good. So we do lots of things to make sure that we feel better. But some of us don't like to sit in pain. And what I mean by that is not sit in pain for the sake of sitting in pain, but to be really aware and be really mindful of painful experiences that we have 
and be mindful of how those experiences affect us, have affected us, and are currently affecting us. That's part of the challenge. And I missed the other part of your question. I was asking, why is it so difficult for us to actually approach these painful feelings? So we want to avoid pain. We want to feel good. But sometimes in our pursuit of avoiding pain, we do things that are unhealthy for us. I'm a firm believer that sometimes the reason why we get addicted to substances, alcohol, or drugs is because we are avoiding really unpleasant feelings or really unpleasant experiences. And so sometimes people that are addicted to things or people that overindulge in things, it doesn't start out as an overindulgence. Nobody, you know, socially drinks and eventually says, I think I'm going to become an alcoholic. Most of the time, it's the one glass of wine on the weekend, and then your job gets more stressful or people are piling more things onto you or you don't want to have to deal. And so it becomes, before you know it, it's a bottle Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then it creeps into Thursday. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, you know, people don't want to avoid because the pain is just way too difficult. The reality of it is way too difficult. And then if I own it, I'll have to do something about it. Sometimes doing something about it is just as hard. Yeah. And I think a lot of people also get stuck in that they don't know what the doing something about it is, right? Like, what, what do I even do to make myself feel better about this? And of course, you know, I think this is where therapy comes in. Um, So can, can you share how therapy can help somebody work through trauma? Absolutely. You have somebody, and of course I'm a fan of therapy all day, every day, but you have somebody who is non-judgmental, who is in your corner, who is your number one cheerleader, but also an accountability partner. Therapy can be really, really helpful to help you work through some of the past feelings, how to um, connect those past feelings to some of the hurt that you're going with through currently to make sure that you don't repeat the same patterns the same patterns that you have been doing over and over and over again. And so sometimes the stigma related to mental health and stigma related to therapy can be a hindrance. Sometimes we also think, oh, I have a support system. I have my church family. I have my my regular family. I have my friends. I have my girls. And so I don't necessarily need to go to therapy. But there are some things that all of those things combined can be helpful. I don't want to say, yes, therapy can help you in ways that your friends can't, which is very true. But having a full support system can be way more beneficial if you had one thing or the other. Got you. And so I'm curious, Shakisha, if another thing that stops people is this idea that, oh, well, that's not that big of a deal, right? So why would I go and talk with a therapist about that? Like if we go back to the example of, you know, having to move because like you got evicted or because you lost your job and can't afford your home anymore, people may not interpret that as a traumatic experience and so then feel like, why would I have to go to therapy? Right. Well, sometimes we've been taught, especially in the African-American community, to suck it up, to keep it moving, that we have trials and tribulations and our resiliency comes through getting over, getting past, working through these issues. And while part of that is true, we hadn't been taught that these issues do affect us and we need to talk about them and work through them as well. And so, yes, to other people, it may seem like moving is not that big of a deal or the abuse that I suffered as a child, it shouldn't affect me now. I'm good. I got over that. But have you really worked through that or did you compartmentalize it in a way where you don't think about it anymore? That's not the same as healing. That's another level of avoidance. That's sweeping stuff under the rug. That's not addressing it, but that's not necessarily true healing. And also helping other people understand why things are important to you, right? And so if if I have this move, 
Or if I change this job and now I'm in a more stressful situation, some people may not understand why that's important. But that's, again, why therapy can be super helpful because you have somebody who get it. You have somebody who will understand and they're not putting their own perceptions and interpretations in the way that can make you feel like your thoughts shouldn't matter or that your feelings should be minimized. Yeah, like really making it so that your experience feels valid, because I think sometimes, you know, your friends, I think friends and family, sometimes they just really don't want to see you hurt. And so, you know, they will say stuff like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. You'll be fine. You'll find another job or, you know, whatever, but not realizing the impact that it could have had on you. So then you can talk with a therapist who who really helps you to sit with like, oh, wow, that is a really big deal. Mm hmm. And I think sometimes that can be an aha moment for clients to realize, one, my experience matters. It's okay for me to to want to be validated in the things that I have to deal with and that these things were hard for me. So what do I do with that now? How do I work through that now? A lot of times we we weren't even given the space to even think in those terms. So that can be really helpful. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of mentioned this already, like just the whole idea that, you know, there has been so much a history of struggle for Black people. That's not our entire history, but it is a part of our history, you know, and right. that so you're always having to go, you're kind of sometimes used to things not going well. And so you're kind of just going, 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 and you don't realize like how cumulative, you know, all of these right. things can be for you. Exactly. And that kind of goes back to what complex trauma is, right? It's an exposure of multiple traumatic events. And so we don't think about that from our lifetime. If we had a parent who had a mental health issue that was undiagnosed or that we didn't recognize was a mental health issue, but people in the neighborhood that we grew up in knew something was wrong with your mama, right? And so they teased us all the time. And then we had to take care of our siblings because, you know, your parent couldn't necessarily do it because they were dealing with their own stuff. And then we grew up and realized I'm always taking care of everybody else. I put my needs second. But I'm also really smart. I've got all these degrees. I got really awesome things going for me. But everybody piles all these things on me. You can trace all of that complex trauma back to the beginning. And so, you know, realizing we have to take a moment and learn that our journey is awesome, but there's some healing that needs to be done that helped us get all these great things that we have but we never really dealt with the underlying traumatic experiences that we've had. And so now we're dealing with the aftermath and don't know what to do with it. So how might somebody even recognize that, Shakisha? Because I think, you know, somebody who is doing well at work, you know, their personal life is going great, you know, you know, just a lot of things going on well in their lives, but they do have that history. What would even make them say like, oh, I need to talk with someone about like this stuff in my childhood? Sometimes, and I'm not saying everybody has to go to therapy, of course, to deal with these major issues, because that isn't always the case. Therapy can be helpful at any point. But sometimes I think we know there are areas of our life that just isn't working well, or that we've tried to quite to get it together, and it's just, it's just not happening, right? And so um, I know I used the weight loss um, example earlier. If I've been carrying around this extra 50, 100, 150 pounds, and I keep trying to do these crash diets and none of this is working. Have we ever sat and really thought about, is this literal weight that we're carrying or is it emotional weight that we're carrying? And if it's emotional weight, where does that come from? And if I'm stress eating, where's the stress coming from? And where did I learn those habits? 
So again, it's not just about, I have this weight and I have to deal with being unhealthy because of that. And I don't like it. I don't like the way I look. And that was causing all these self-esteem and self-worth issues, all of that. But where does it trace back to? And so sometimes it can be issues like that and it can be simple stuff. I don't know about simple is the right word, but what other people would minimize, I'll put it that way. Whereas you have this unhealthy relationship with your husband who has constantly put everything on you. He goes to work, he provides for the house, but you don't have a intimate relationship with him. And what I mean by intimacy is emotional intimacy. But you just keep it moving because it's going to be okay. It's not a big deal. He provides for us when we go out and people think that everything's okay, but you're inherently unhappy. Well, have you ever really thought about where that comes from? How come I allow people to do things to me that are not okay? Why do I allow negative things to happen to me and people to treat me in certain ways and have feel helpless and feel I have no control over that? Where does that trace back to? And sometimes it could be related to past trauma. Got it. Okay. So what kinds of things would happen, Shakisha, if we don't deal with these traumatic experiences, whether we recognize it or not? Like, what might our life look like if we don't actually do the work to do the healing around this? Yeah, I think we'll be constantly unhappy. And I think we'll wear kind of this mask and pretend that things are better. And things can be good, but things can be really good if we were healed. Things can be great, but they can be awesome if we really took out the time to really address some of the past stuff that we've been dealing with. And are there signs, um, because you you talked a little bit earlier about um, how compartmentalizing is not healing. And so, you know, are there signs that somebody would know that they feel like, okay, I've really done this work? Like, how might life look differently if you do actually do the work? Yeah, I think you'd be in a much better emotional space. I think you'd have really good boundaries. You know, know is a complete sentence and learning how to choose yourself instead of choosing everyone else. Having really good boundaries with family, friends, and your work life. Being able to take care of yourself. Practicing really good self-love. Recognizing your self-worth. Validating yourself when other people doesn't seem to validate you. I think those are all really good ways for us to say, I feel like I'm in a really good space. I am content. I know really from within that I'm in a really good space. You know, therapy is always helpful, you know, to help us get to this place. But when you're able to have a level of peace and contentment within your soul, I think you, you found your own nirvana, so to speak. So, Shakisha, I know that there is also like this research that talks about how people who have had traumas in the past often end up being targets for future traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what drives that? Because I think, so we may kind of have to kind of get around this because I often see like these conversations on social media about kind of you attracting trauma into your life that always kind of make me uncomfortable because in some ways it feels like a victim blaming, but there is some, there is some research that kind of backs up the idea that like you might find yourself in multiple traumatic experiences by virtue of having the first traumatic experience. Yeah, I would agree that there's some validity to that, but I agree with you. I feel like, you know, we determine our own destiny. I will say though, that if you don't recognize that a traumatic experience has affected you in one form or another, it does set you up to have people in your life who are not good for you or to have 
multiple experiences in your life where your decision-making affected by your past trauma. And so, you know, I really encourage folks to do the work, you know, not just being in therapy, but do your own soul searching and do your own healing journey as well to figure out how has my past impacted what's going on with me? Because, you know, positive energy attracts positive energy. And sometimes it's not just the energy, but it's, I'm looking at people who have hurt me and I'm always choosing people who continue to hurt me. You know what I mean? So if I've been in a really unpleasant relationship, if I've been a domestic violence survivor, if I've been an abuse survivor, sometimes we get into relationships with people who do not have our best interests at heart. But that's because we don't have feelings of self-worth. We think that we do. We know that we love us, but we don't love us enough to choose better for ourselves or to continue to put ourselves in a situation that's unhealthy. So I could see that as, as a way that uh, trauma breach trauma, so to speak. Yeah. And I guess I'm trying to figure out like, where is that line of kind of victim blaming versus, you know, kind of being aware of how your trauma maybe causes you to make decisions that may not be in your best interest. Yeah, and that's a fine line. <laughs> At least mm-hmm. I feel like it is, right? To try and kind of figure that out. Like, how do I figure out the difference between I'm constantly choosing different other traumatic experiences because of my past trauma, or I'm trying to do things in a really healthy way and things aren't working out for me? I would say one of the great ways to do that is become really self-aware, to be mindful of how you feel, what you think how other people make you feel, how other people make you think, and being really self-aware. Once we are aware and we know how the world around us affects us and how we affect the world around us, we can be really cognizant of who we decide to let inside of our world. Got you. Okay. Yeah. And I do think it is important, you know, if nothing else, for people to recognize that trauma definitely impacts your decision-making. And I think especially trauma when we're very young and still impressionable because a lot of things then just become the way things have always been done. And so we don't recognize that everybody's experience is not like that. And so, you know, when you make decisions about future partners and, you know, maybe jobs and all of these kinds of things, you're making it from a lens of a place that has been impacted by trauma in a way that may be different for someone who has not had that traumatic experience. Absolutely. Very true. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So, Jakeisha, what are some of your favorite resources to recommend for people who are, you know, either working through traumatic experiences or want to learn more about, like, how trauma impacts their lives? One of the ones that I always recommend, it's one of my favorites, is the Vibe Key Core by Bethel Vanderkolk. It is one of my favorites because it talks about how the mind, the body, the spirit are all interconnected and how even when things happen to us a long time ago, the body remembers. Kind of like if you are in a car accident, it happened at an intersection and you tense up every time you get to a stop sign. Um, That's because the body remembers that a traumatic experience happened at that point. So the book really talks a little bit about how you can kind of work through that. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like it's a great, like, comprehensive one and one that, like, lots of people can kind of relate to. Yeah, I agree. So where can people find you if they want to hear more information about your practice or what you got going on? Yeah, you can find me at Grace Anthony Counseling on Facebook and IG. And what's your website? GraceAnthonyCounseling.com. 
Okay, very simple. Keep it very easy for people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and of course, that information will be in the show notes for anybody who wants to be able to be able to access that later. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today, Shakisha. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful Shakisha was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her or her practice, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 113. And don't forget to share your takeaways with us either on Twitter or in your IG stories using the hashtag TBG in session. Don't forget to show some support for our sponsor for this episode, Naturalicious. You can find the products in over 1,200 Sally stores nationwide, and you can also get 10% off your purchase online by going to sallybeauty.com and using the promo code 555-555 at checkout. A huge thank you again to Thinkific, the Gottman Institute, and Zenimi for their sponsorship of last week's Black Girl Clinician Collective Retreat. We had an amazing time in Charleston. So if you're a Black woman therapist in private practice, make sure you visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com session 113 to add your name to the list for updates about next year's retreat. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, don't forget to check out our directory at therapyforblackgirls.com directory. And if you want to continue this conversation with other sisters who listen to the podcast, come on over and join us in the Thrive Tribe, which is the Facebook group for our community. You can request to join at therapyforblackgirls.com tribe and be sure to answer the three questions that are asked to gain entry. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. We will not be having a new episode of the podcast next week because I will be kicking it in New Orleans for Essence. So I hope that I will be able to see many of you. I will be presenting at the convention center on Friday and then on Saturday at the Wellness House. So please let me know if you're going to be in New Orleans for Essence. I would love to see as many of you as possible. So we won't have a new episode next week, but we will be returning the following week. Y'all take good care of yourselves. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? 
Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 